0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston,
1: and I'm Catherine Schifferdecker, and today we have as our special guest Dr. Love Seacrest, who is the associate provost and professor of theology at Mount Saint Mary's University in Maryland. Uh, this is the uh, the second of a two part series that we uh, are talking with Love, with Dr. Seacrest about. Um, And I should just uh, remind you uh, again, as I did in the first session, that uh, Dr. Seacrest's uh, recent book is called Race and Rhyme, Rereading the New Testament, uh, published in 2022 from Erdman's Publishers. So, uh, Love, thank you so much for uh, joining us again for this important topic. It is so good to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so the question that we're addressing, and again, this is part two of a of a two-part series. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, you might want to do that. Um, but the, the question that we got from a reader is this, what does, uh, sorry, not from a reader, from a listener, what does Jesus say about race and ethnicity? So um let's maybe start, Love, if you wouldn't mind just recapping just a little bit of what you said uh, in part one for those who haven't had yeah. a chance to listen to it.
2: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks. It's a, such an important question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what I talked about in the first uh, podcast was. The fact that while race does not appear in the New Testament in exactly the same ways as we're accustomed to thinking about it today, there are analogous concepts that did um, exist in the ancient world. Um, and in the Bible, uh, for instance, one of the um, one of the most common words in the New Testament is. Um, is the word, the Greek word ethnos, which is translated most often in our Bibles as Gentile, right? Now, ethnos is really uh, the word, the Greek word from which we der- derive the English, the modern English, ethnicity, mm-hmm. right? So right there, you can see there's a touch point. There's a, another word in the in the Greek, uh, genos, which is one common translation is race.
0: Um,
2: mm-hmm. uh, sort of the basic idea in that is a kind of people, a kind of people group. And so using that, you can look at the New Testament and find that there's all kinds of places where the New Testament is talking about Uh, conflict between people groups, Jews and Gentiles, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians and Pharisees and Sadducees. And uh, and so um, it becomes a way of of seeing analogs between contemporary life and uh, then the life during the time of Jesus. Um, and that's uh, that is that is has been a, a dominant lens for me in terms of rereading the New Testament to think about to see what the New Testament might have to say about racial and ethnic conflict today by reading it uh, by looking at the um, group conflict and to see um, what we can uh, what
1: we can find that might be helpful for thinking about today. Yeah, that's really helpful. I, I, so. It's part of human nature, it seems, both in the ancient world and today, to have the kind of to separate into groups, right? Like, yes. the us yeah. and them kind of, or we and, and them, right. yeah. Uh, and and unfortunately, that often leads to conflict or is part of conflict. That's right, yeah, that's right. One
2: of the things that I introduce in the book is that, as strong as the analogies may be, right, as we've uh kind of just recently uh, talked about. It's also important to examine the differences, right? right. Because it, we we might end up um we might end up overlooking important dynamics in the contemporary world that aren't in, addressed in the Bible and I think we need to try to cultivate a biblical imagination to first identify those differences and then to to try to figure out well are there other places in the Bible that might talk about um that might talk about uh um, the gap that we may see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they are very, very different contexts. Likewise, there may be issues in the biblical text that aren't strictly, you know, sort of addressed in the um, in the contemporary world. So it's, imp- it's as important to think about the uh, differences as it mm-hmm. is to think about the similarities. Um, and I actually see some tensions in the Gospel of Matthew, which is, I think, what we're going to talk about today. There are actually... Um, sometimes in the Gospel of Matthew, where um, Jesus this, Jesus says things that are really quite narrow, right? Like go nowhere among the Gentiles. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> when, when he's the,
2: yeah, right? when he's sending the um, disciples out in Matthew chapter ten, it's called the missionary discourse, right? Like he says, "Don't go nowhere among the Gentiles." So that's one part. But then. On the opposite pole, you have Matthew 28, the Great Commission, right? Go, Go to inside. all nations, teaching inside. them everything that I have commanded you. So there, I, I, it's one of the reasons why I was really especially drawn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew because you, it's, you see really a complexity um, in terms of some of the uh, group interactions. And, and I think that that uh, complexity um, is helpful for thinking about um, uh, the, the problems that beset us today.
0: Yeah. So before we dive into the Gospel of Matthew, I I, I was curious by um, you were talking about uh, some of the differences. So we talked. It, it sounds like, uh, and forgive um, me that I wasn't there on the first uh, on the first call. I'm so excited excited and happy to be able to be here today. Um, that there were, you know, that that we talked about the similarities and and so on, but that there are some important differences. And I'd love if we could tease that out a little bit. What, for example. Um, What what kinds of differences? um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that question. It is important to reiterate that um, here. Um, So while the uh, the major constructs do separate um, and do identify particular people groups and to talk about how, what they have in common. And that is very similar to a sure. uh, group identity, you know, um, today, one of the major differences is that among the Greco Roman world, um, Uh, the primary way of differentiating people groups had to do with homeland place of origin. And in some ways, this is, this is like a similarity with today, right? African-Americans, right? Like uh, Anglo-Americans coming from uh, coming from England, right? Right. Or um, Italian Americans or um, or German Americans, et cetera. Uh, uh, um, And so so this idea of associating uh, sort of a group identity with a homeland yeah. or nationality um, finds uh, similarity in the ancient Greek world. Jews, on the other hand, while they had, you know, some of that, the thing that emerges as the major concern for them was religion, right? The, mm-hmm. the biggest division among um, the Jewish people and the Israelite people of the, uh, of the uh, early Christian period is, is who you worship. Do you yeah. worship the God of Abraham or yeah. are you worshiping some other God? That becomes the dominant way of othering, right, of understanding who we are over and against who the other is. Thanks for asking. That was such an important question. Yeah. One okay. other
1: difference that I think is probably worth noting that you mentioned in the first session It has to do with skin color. Can you say a bit more hmm. about that difference? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah yeah it i so um the dominant way of thinking about race today is with reference to skin color um that i think the um in in the u.s context the differences between white and black and how other people groups get sorted you know in that dichotomy has been i think really the the besetting problem in um in the in the u.s and it's cut across like uh like ethnicity even because mm-hmm. right totally. uh, people from african nations it, are constructed as black even though right. they have very different social contexts from african but likewise caribbean right. uh, people uh, uh, who are dark skinned from the caribbean they get uh, um they get sort of they get sucked in yeah. uh, even against their will into the dichotomies of of black and white in the in the US um, and uh, I, I don't want to oversimplify, I mean, there are lots of other uh, people groups, Asian American, which is a, a group that none of them really recognizes as defining uh their group. They think of themselves as Chinese Americans right, or right, Japanese right. Americans right. or Korean Americans, etc. But Asia's we a big continent, it turns
0: out, right? <laughs> I'm Asia's sorry, big I said Asia's a big continent. It's, Hello. Not, <laughs> it's not like Exactly. It's not a monoculture. Same with Africa and, and, exactly. all, and all the cultures, but right, yeah.
2: Exactly. And so many of those people groups would like to Resist sort of a simple dichotomy mm-hmm. between black and white, and I, I think there it's important to it's important to understand. But I think what I would say is that today um, we racialize lots of different people groups, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. they are, and the ways that they are racialized differ. Um, now they they may be um, set over against white, right? Mm-hmm. Is, um, mm-hmm. is is something that they have in common. Um, but their individual experiences as people is is very different from um, African Americans or uh, Latinx Americans, etc. I would even say that white people are also racialized in the United States, right? Like they uh, have lost their particularity as. Uh, Italian immigrants or, or Jewish people or German um, immigrants, et cetera. And they get sort of collapsed into a racial category of white people and things that, quote, white people do. Right. right yeah. um, so that is a that's a that's a very different uh, context for thinking mm. about racial and ethnic belonging. Um, here than um that was true in the ancient world now they had other complexities um that i, I think uh la- one i was just reading about um re- recently I'm, I'm reading a a wonderful book um at, that talks about how language um plays a important part of um constructing identity in the ancient world and today uh and so there, there are lots of different ways that uh, the groups have thought about themselves and think thought about what makes them distinctive. Um, uh, but those are some of the similarities and differences between uh, the time of Jesus and today. Cool, that's really well, helpful.
1: Th- Thanks. Yeah, that is really helpful. Thank you. Well, let's let's dive into the Book of Matthew since uh, we we, we want to focus on particular texts. So, where would you like to be? Where would you like to start uh, the conversation? Yeah.
2: I think I want to start um, with Matthew 15 and okay. then um, compare it with uh, Matthew 8. Okay. Um, these are two stories that are really similar, but let's take the let's start with the the one uh, where Jesus encounters a Canaanite woman um, in um, in Matthew 15:21. Um, and it's a you know, <laughs> when reading this story um, against the that drop of our sort of contemporary um fraught uh yeah. our ethnic and racial relations it can be really troubling right I mean yeah you know, for sure uh, <laughs>
0: it's really really troubling I mean, so, so, so uh, this is what is I struggle with yeah definitely. yeah it
2: is yeah. it's it's a it's a terrible one Jesus and my woman comes out son of David, Lord son of David my daughter's tormented by a demon he at first he ignores her then, he sa- then his disciples say, send her away. She's bothering us. And then he says, this is one of those, this is very similar to another moment in the gospel we just talked about in the missionary discourse. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? Oh my gosh, how exclusive does that seem? Um, and it's one of these moments that I say um, shows that there's some ambiguity in the uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. And I do have some thoughts on that. If you're interested in more on that, please read my book. <laughs> please talk about a teaser, a teaser. <laughs> it's a little teaser, right? But still, this is really difficult. Um, and then she uh, continues to beg him, right? She drops at his feet, Lord, help me. Um, but he says, um, verse 26, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Ouch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Effectively yeah. calling her a dog. Um, now our commentaries struggle <laughs> with this um, with this part of the text. I mean, um, some have said, um, "Oh well, he uses a diminutive word, so it's really like calling her a puppy um, versus <laughs> calling her a dog." And I say, "Yeah, not helpful." Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know that that that's helps. not yeah. better.
0: I mean, puppies are really cute, <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> we don't call people it is dehumanizing puppies, right it, it is. is like it, it by is definition de- yes it is
2: dehumanizing yeah. um i think um i as i have scoured sort of the gospel of matthew um there's another um there's another part of uh matthew let me see if i can get to it real quick um it's in the it's a line in the um the sermon on the mount chapter uh, seven verse six Do not give what is holy to dogs.
0: Oh, right. Do not
2: throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Um, And uh, as I looked at the sort of dog imagery and and swine or pig imagery in um, New Testament and other early Jewish um, writings, really, those are images for Gentiles. Right. And uh, so it's kind of interesting. It this become read in that light. This becomes an echo of what Jesus has said to this Canaanite, right? I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of, of Israel. Israel. Like, I'm not going to give what's holy to Gentiles. I'm not going to throw my pearls in front of unclean, uh, right? The unclean people um, like Gentiles. Uh, right. So, so I think that that's what's going on. In other words, this text has a lot of ethnic tension in it. Hmm. Um, and it has, it's concerning the sort of the dominant, um, uh, tension that, um, that Jesus as a Jewish person, really Matthew, the evangelist, uh, because we have, all we have is, you know, what he's recorded of Jesus's words. Right. Um, and frankly, I have to tell you, I have, uh, Over the years, and trying to you know engage this text over and over, one of the most helpful things for me has been to separate Jesus from Matthew. Right to say, (laughs) yeah, well, Jesus—I mean, Matthew certainly didn't have had some difficulties with uh, with Gentiles, Uh, but the Jesus tradition shows that in being faithful to what Jesus taught and preached that. and the disciples ended up taking the gospel to the gentiles right so there was something mm-hmm. something some was in there something mean, right? was in
0: there right That's the right. 11, it was
2: the leaven and the loaf yeah there's something there that's right yeah. exactly There, it, right. it 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 bore fruit um it bore fruit later but nevertheless the uh the text in Matthew 15 um 21 is is really difficult and then she agrees yes lord but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table and then jesus says woman great is your faith let it be done for you as you wish. And so, and and her daughter was healed instantly. So he recognizes that she has, you know, first she has acknowledged his status as Messiah, Lord, son of David. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And she's a Canaanite, right?
0: Um,
2: so there's, there's some, there's, uh, there's some reward, mm-hmm. um, given to her because she has, uh, sort of identified her willingness to self-identify um in the premier category for ancient Jews which is um worship of the God of Abraham mm-hmm. um which uh, G- or the or the or God's Messiah right mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or God's Messiah Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how she comes in um, to the group uh, through uh, in, in this interaction. but there's you know uh, you know some of the some of the differences that uh, we could explore in this text um, that uh, you know sort of bear in uh, thinking about and that is um, so, sort of like uh, Jesus calls or Matthew calls the woman a Canaanite from the beginning. Whereas a similar story in the Gospel of Mark identifies her Syrophoenician, right? Hmm. Which, and I don't know, if you if you were to be, which do you think would be better to be in um, biblical times, a Syrophoenician or a Canaanite? Which one do you think uh, would register uh, more friendly, say?
1: Well, uh- canaanite always is a negative right in the old testament and it's not it's not a common term is it i mean does it occur anywhere else in this gospel i
2: i never that's a great question i don't think i've ever looked at it but certainly you're right it's it is freighted it sort of brings back all of the old wars, right? right? Uh, all of the old right. fighting, the all of that inner group hostility and conflict that happened for centuries leading up to this point in time. So it's really interesting that he talks about her that way. And I think, um, in in my essay on this chapter, it it shows uh it shows to me that uh sort of what this encounter represents is an account an, an encounter across long standing very troubled intergroup relationships mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um really kind of like <laughs> the 400 years of, of, uh, of slavery on the right. part of, of African Americans in the United States, followed by another 100 years of, um, of legal uh, discrimination right. and segregation, right? right? Like long standing, right. fraught relationships. Um, and so it, it sort of demonstrates a, a, a kind of a similarity. Now, before I talk more about it, I want to kind of switch and compare this episode to a really similar one in Matthew chapter eight. And this is um, the encounter between Jesus and the centurion. And what's really interesting about this is that in both cases, you have a one person encountering Jesus, begging him for healing on the part of um, a young, a child that is associated with them closely. So the woman, it's her young daughter, And for the Centurion, um, he's called my servant, my male servant. Um, A lot of uh, questions in the uh, scholarly literature about what the best way is of understanding this relationship. But clearly, someone the Centurion cares about quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both Gentiles. These are there are two, there are three encounters between Jesus and Gentiles in the Gospel of Matthew. So these are two out of those three. Um, and a matter of fact, the, the third one is further on in, in Matthew chapter eight. But so both in both cases, Jesus is encountering a Gentile who is asking him for healing on the part on, on behalf of someone else, someone who's sort of off stage. Um, and, and in both cases, the way that uh, Jesus encounters them um, is. Uh, so I guess it's not the same as the well, the wide welcome. To all uh all of the Jewish people that you see elsewhere in uh in the gospel. Um, but in both cases, the the petitioner really humbles themselves mm-hmm. quite right. a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. right, to uh to Jesus. The centurion says in verse eight, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go and he goes, and to another come and he comes. And to my slave do this? And the slave doesn't. And then Jesus, when he hears him, he's amazed and said, I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I'll tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So uh, like in both cases, they are complemented for the nature of their faith as outsiders. Um, but it, I think it's interesting to kind of look at the differences between these two stories. There, there are a lot of similarities, but there's some pretty striking differences. Um, the gender one is an obvious one. Yeah, right. right. Sure. <laughs> The one. Another one is the difference between like sort of the nationalities on the one at Canaanite where there's just a fraught relationship back and forth forever. right? right who's, yes. who's on top? Well, it varies. <laughs> it like, right, depends right, on what right. sort of what decade you want to put your pen down in the timeline. Um, but in the in the um, when it comes to the gospel of Matthew, it was written as the smoke was still going up with mm. over the, in the aftermath of the war with Rome. So, yeah. so Israel had just been defeated militarily by Romans. Um, and so the temple a very destroyed and the right. temple destroyed. Yep. Right. Yeah. So here we have a very recent, but still a hot conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, between, uh, Jesus and the other, um, uh, but in both cases, uh, is, yeah. So, so that I think is a, is a very interesting, um, interesting contrast with the, the woman in the, um, uh, the Canaanite woman. And as I reflect on, on these differences, it occurs to me that, um, that Jesus is modeling or what can emerge from this and from thinking about how the gospel of Matthew talks about the other and engages the other is it, it sort of becomes a theology of allyship Hmm. in the contemporary world. We are really striving to find ways to create coalitions um, for justice, coalitions for peace, um, coalitions for love. So people gathered under the, Um, the name of Christ who, um, who advocate for the best for the other, (laughs) as well as their own self-interest. Right. Right. Um, And, uh, and it seems to me that, like uh, thinking about how Jesus varied in his different comportment with a more recent kind of enemy, as in the um, centurion, he's much more respectful, right? The the hostility doesn't come out quite as quickly, right? Um, uh, and the comportment with this Canaanite woman, right, where the hostilities are very long standing, it's some. It's uh, I think there's some some theological reflection we can do in terms of understanding some of the dynamics of allyships and, and kind of can manage our expectations about the difficulties of creating alliances with uh, people groups who are different from ourselves. Anyway, I, I I've been talking a lot and um I, wow. uh, but I, I, this, these are, this is why I think that the, the, the the contrast between these two um, episodes and thinking about the uh, racial dynamics and the complexities that we have today, right? It's not just alliances between blacks and whites, but how do other, how do the, how do other people groups connect? And I, I kind of think, you know, of uh, the centurion is representing, um, he, he is, he is speaking with Jesus and he's trying to, he's trying to help um, someone not like himself, right? Like he, we don't know what this, this, this child was It uh, probably not his, his, uh, uh, his offspring, um, right, right? But advocating for someone else off stage, right? Like that's an interesting thing to reflect on. Building a theology of allyship, um, but but humble, being humble in terms of um, regarding the other. And uh, so Jesus Himself is not the is not the donna people group in this time frame, right? The, the Jews were defeated, right? And so He does not represent a conqueror Himself. Right. Jesus is an other is a minoritized, uh, <laughs> right? It's a minoritized uh, kind of identity in uh, in both in, in in the whole Gospel of Matthew and all of these Gospels, really, in, uh, in, um, to to one extent or another. So, um, so like the humility of not wanting to speak for someone else, someone else, another people group, but I'm trying to enter into and hear from you know what their experience is and to um, you know call a, a call out what's remarkable. Oh wow, this is not like what I've encountered. At home, Mm. this is very different,
1: and there's something really special about what I'm seeing in front of me. So, can I uh, let me ask a clarifying question? If, if, uh, and I love where you're going with this, right? This idea of allyship and 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 the complexity of it, right? It's 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 really complex. In these two stories, is is the is it the Gentiles that are the allies, or vice versa? Is Jesus that, or is it, or is it different for both?
2: Yeah, I I think what I'm trying to say is that all of the people, with perhaps the exception of the, so if you're saying I'm a white person, um, and I understand sort of where I stand in contemporary race relations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I I couldn't I I know what um, assets I have at, at my. Um, at my fingertips and I know that others don't have them right, right. Um, so I, if I'm if I want to read myself into the story, where should I read myself? I think that <laughs> like, that's, a, sure, that's that's a, that's a question that I used to engage with my students all the time um, because I think most of us um, it, I, it was, so I used to I used to say this to my um, to my students. In reading the story of the Canaanite woman, with whom do you identify mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. um, in this picture, right? Mm-hmm. And white students, pretty much Jesus, right? Like true. he is the and and many oppressed students from oppressed communities would would really bristle at the treatment of the Canaanite woman because they could not right. kind of read themselves yeah. um, into that you know that kind of posture. Yeah. Um, but that I think is troubling. Yeah. Um, so because historically Jesus himself. Was a
0: conquered people? right. Right. He wasn't. He didn't have a lot of power. He wasn't a super powerful. Person. He was killed by the Romans. Hello, right. <laughs> right, like, right. He, right. Right.
2: He, right. he, was, he, was, he was executed, um, uh, taken in a custody and executed by the Romans. Yeah. Um, now, are, right. am I saying that white people are like Romans? Well, no, I, there right. are similarities, but there are differences. So it's not. It's it's. Let's not be too quick. Sure. To over-identify any one of these people groups with um, contemporary people groups, because there are going to be similarities and differences all the way around. But what I am trying to show is that this is th- these two texts present a rich um, multiplicity uh-huh. of people groups. We have a Jew interacting with a Roman, interacting with a Canaanite, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and I just thought that 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 the that the complexities in all of those. Um, are worth reflecting on, and it and as Jesus is set up as the hero in all of these stories, he he models for us right like the the way that love for the other is is shown. So um, one thing I think, for instance, there's a real difference between how Jesus encounters. He's much more respectful and deferential to the Roman um, than right. to the to, to the Canaanite. Yes. Right, and right. I and I kind of go back to that. Little saying from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, you know, uh, how does it go again? Let me see. If I don't don't test holy
1: things before well, the
2: dogs. Put, yeah. well, totally before to to, to dogs. Right. Don't throw your pearls before a swine, or they will trample them underfoot hmm. and turn and maul. You, right? It's uh, that wariness yeah. about being trampled. Uh, yeah, hmm. that, that I see going on with the Roman. Right? right. Is that is the wariness about being trampled? So Jesus keeps his dignity. But he's not gonna. He's not. You know. He's not gonna jump into um, a relationship quite that until the other has humbled himself and said, "Yeah, this this Romanus is. You know, I have all the power here, but I'm going to take that off and, and you, show that humble myself yeah. to Jesus, who is the other defeated, the defeated other right. in my right. you know context. So, so that's that. Those are the kinds of reflection that I want to try to to understand by, you know, as we put ourselves in, um, into the, the stories against some of the complexity. So, so for instance, when Jesus and the, and then when Jesus and the Canaanite interact, we have two minoritized groups, (laughs) right, right? Interacting with each other. Um, and, uh, and I, and I wonder if there isn't something that, uh, minoritized groups as they seek to build alliances for justice, across some differences they may have had um, sure. as well, um, that there may be something in terms of constructing a, a theology of allyship from there as well. Um, that it's just it's hard uh, to go across long-standing differences and it really does take a patience and a willingness to um, uh, to not, disengage at the first sign of difficulty yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah the woman uh,
1: the woman shows tenacity right uh, the canaanite woman and and thank you for answering my too simplistic question with the to complexify that 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 was really helpful (laughs) That yeah i mean it takes humility i've heard that word a lot uh and in both stories it takes tenacity and yeah. I, I wonder, I, I've heard a lot of interpreters say, "Well, the Canaanite woman teaches Jesus something, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. it takes uh, it takes an openness to having one's mind changed as well. Yeah, that's right, to being taught,
2: right? To even being taught, as, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: even as the Messiah, God's <laughs> Messiah, right? that Je-
2: right. Jesus learns from this encounter and demonstrates uh, a greater openness to, um, uh, to the other. Uh, sort of in the back half of the of, of the gospel, all the way right. to the climax of um, of the uh, Great Commission. I do want to say though that even the Great Commission um, is is interesting because in no case does Jesus abandon his ethnic identity.
1: Mm. Right, right. What does what does the Great Commission say? All right, so I've got it. Matthew twenty eight. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah.
2: So um, some scholars have seen that this, (laughs) <laughs> this can be seen as analogous to a colonialism, a colonial sure. impulse, right? right Like to take to take my teaching and it, and impose it on all nations, right right um, That can be and I, and I think here's what I want to say. Um, well, I don't know if that I mean um, like Jesus was the conquered, not the conqueror, right. and so I don't know that from within the world created by the Gospel of Matthew that the conquest idea um, makes sense, but certainly uh, conquerors since then have taken used it. Right. Right. They've, right. Been they've used it in that way. Right, right, right. What right. 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 is this system. And misuse this text, yep. and and created all kinds of havoc mm-hmm. um, with other people groups in the name of in the name of uh, in the name of Christ uh, okay. in horrible ways, yep. conquest. So that's one one similarity and difference, right? That we are um, that we can see. But the other thing is that I don't I don't know that a lot of people pay attention to, and that is the teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you part. Right, Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus, especially it's the most Jewish gospel in the Gospel of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about Torah and how not one jot or tittle of Torah will pass away. So literally, he's 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 saying you you know teach the nations Jewish particularity, Mm -hmm. a Jewish way Mm -hmm. of being religious. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, so I'm not I'm disavowing any colonial sort of impulse. That may come from that, for sure. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. it's an important difference that we need to a complication that's happened since that the, these words were first put mm-hmm. down, um, mm-hmm. and we need to recognize and account for in our teaching. No, 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 conquest bad. Exactly. <laughs> like, <Right. your> conquest <laughs> bad. Yep. Let's let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that at all. Conquest <laughs> bad. But on the other hand. Like there's an impulse, um, not so much anymore. I don't think it's so much anymore, but there's, do you sometimes get it if quite honestly in Christian circles, why can't we all just be the same? Mm. Why can't we, I don't want to see you as black. I don't want to see you as, uh, you know, in your particularity. I kind of want to see you as human and that's not what's going on here, right. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Jesus is actually saying, no, no, my Jewish particularity is still what I'm out there teaching <laughs> and I'm out there, you know, sort of talking about and showing the winsomeness of um, mm-hmm. when I uh, talk to the other. Um, so that that mm-hmm. teaches me for someone who is often sort of the price of entering white spaces, sometimes is trying to be less black, right? Like that's mm-hmm. sort of what the assimilationist ideal has been, the melting pot ideal in, um, in in U.S. culture. I mean, that, that is enormously empowering to me is it, to say, no, 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 God does not require that of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am to be in all of my historical um, complexity and particularity and uh, and take the values of the Sermon on the Mount and the Gospel of, of Matthew, and engage those through my own particular history and uh, social, uh, you know, social social life.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. That really is. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure that we could do another part or two or three (laughs) this is just an enormous topic um but uh just thank you so much for the wisdom and the insight into into these texts and and into the question just really appreciate you being here love oh thank you for having me yeah Yeah, thank you so much love And to those of you who are with us, either watching on YouTube or who are listening uh, on your favorite podcast app, thank you for being here as well. You can get more resources, reflections, podcast episodes, videos, commentaries, courses, all kinds of things at enterthebible.org. And of course, um, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app or like and subscribe on the YouTubes, share with a friend. Uh, It really does help us get the word out about this program. We appreciate you so much. Until next time.